Hello and welcome back. This is episode 59 of the Nonsense Podcast by What Makes Sense. Usually for these intros, I go into a little bit about the artist, a little bit about you know what we talked about, but I'm going to skip all that for this episode. This is TJ Redding. He is a member of the band Mighty Tortuga, lead singer, in fact. Um, he's a very good friend of ours, man. We, we've played a lot of shows with them. He's a great kid, but... I want to save this time to go over what's most important about this episode. Number one, I want everybody to congratulate Mighty Tortuga on their signing <laughs> on their signing to Heading East Records. Um, that's it, it's such a big accomplishment for those guys, and I'm super proud as you know not only just a friend and a fan that they uh, signed to a label. It's you know something that's been a long time coming for them. One of the most talented bands I know, um, you know, not only just in like the Northeast and Connecticut, but just anywhere. Um, just a band that I thoroughly enjoy listening to and playing shows with and seeing live. Secondly, it is March, excuse me, <laughs> April 29th, and you better listen to Mighty Tortuga's song, Forgive and Forget. This is very important, and I want you to listen to me on this. Please, for the love of God, pause this episode right now, go listen to the song, then come back. Or you can listen to the song at the end of the episode. But I would strongly encourage you to give them those streaming numbers, give them those, uh, give them the love that they deserve. I think um, this is such a sick song, and I even allude to it in the episode. I listened to it when I first got the uh, song sent over to me. I listened to it about four times that day, I believe. So forgive and forget. It's out everywhere. It is April 29th, not March 29th. It is April 29th. Go listen. Uh, congratulations, Mighty Tortuga. Let's hop right into this episode, and we will see you next month. Have a good one. That's right. The band's name is what makes sense. All right. Looks like we're up and recording. So, uh, TJ, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I feel like this interview was a long time coming. Uh, I'm definitely excited for it because, you know, it, I feel like speaking at venues is, is different from like speaking one-to-one, especially like venues, there's always music, there's always noise going on. And like, you kind of have this like yelling match going back and forth, just, you know, try to like work your way through a conversation that, you know, is, is, uh, it, it, usually we have a good time when we have a conversation but i guess my point is uh you know it's this is good to like sit down and actually be able to talk through it so thank you for joining me today of course i'm excited and um so with that uh really the reason you know we we were having you on today is a new single coming out for mighty tortuga forgive and forget that is coming out on friday the 29th if i'm correct right yep Yes, sir. And uh, this excited. podcast will be, oh, yeah. So this podcast will be dropping on the 29th. So perfect time to uh, you know collaborate with that single release. I'm really excited for it. Um, TJ sent it over to me today, and I listened several times. I told, I told him only twice, but I, I listened to it about four times to be honest. Um, so uh, don't worry; those you will get those you know, four cents from Spotify streams when I, uh, when I listen. So, um, it's really sick. I, I hope everybody's ready for it. Um, and rumor has it, there is a music video coming out. Is that, 
uh, a little bit later. I can also bleep this out of the <laughs> out of the, yeah, the episode. It'll come. It'll come uh, so we've been doing weekly videos every Tuesday. So uh, mm-hmm. the song will drop on Friday, and then the video will come out on the Tuesday. Oh, very cool! You want us to announce that? Yeah, that's fine. Hell yeah! Right on. Um, great. So uh, as we were discussing before this. This uh, format is three main questions uh, with a few, you know, sub questions in between. Um, first one is consistent across everything. It's uh, probably my favorite question that I ask on these episodes, and it is, "Why should people listen to Mighty Tortuga?" And to caveat for every single artist that I ask this, I already know why I should listen to you, but I want other people to, you know, really get the message. All right. Hmm. Um, so I guess one thing, at least for myself that I enjoy about our band that I think puts us kind of apart from other people is that we're doing the not so pop punk, not so like indie. It's somewhere in between. I don't know what it is or where it exists, but, um, the idea is that the, instrumentals can still sort of uh grab either crowd and then everybody loves a catchy melody regardless of what you listen to if you listen to pop if you listen to indie anything everybody loves catchy melody even if they don't know it that the whole goal at least for me is to just make stuff that melodically is catchy over stuff that maybe you wouldn't not that you wouldn't see or you wouldn't expect it from, but like I take a lot of my vocal influence from people like John Mayer and uh, Death Cab and Dashboard Confessional, stuff like that. But like we don't sound like any of those. I don't think maybe Death Cab a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. taking that sort of sound and putting it to something that's a little more energetic and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, so if you like that, check it out. <laughs> I feel like, uh, the, the, your, your target audience has been something that has spawned over the past five years or so with, you know, bands like Turnover grabbing similar crowds and, um, shit, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else, I mean, like the story so far, you know, there are a few songs on their last album that were Indian nature. Uh, you know, you could, you could hear that Oasis influence on there, but they, they were in no way pop punk songs. Um, but then of course it was, you know, transposed against a, you know, other pop punk songs, like keep this up and all that. And so, um, it's like an untapped or, you know, a, a barely tapped market. I feel like that has, uh, you know, slowly become popular in the past few years. And, um, I mean, who, else? yeah, to your point, like who doesn't like a good melody, who doesn't like, you know, uh, a nice, just very um, ambient or ambient sort of, uh, you know, music genre that's just kind of like fit for everyday listening and it doesn't matter the scenario for it. Um, I feel like some genres really do have their, you know, their place and time, but um, 
you know, being that it is spring now, like basically all I'm listening to is you guys and like Mac DeMarco <laughs> just cause, uh, you know, it's spring. I want to be like, you know, I want to have a good time. Uh, weather's getting nicer out. Uh, but like, that's also something that's like, I feel like a year round, um, genre, but it, it's very special where you get people, you get those dudes who've, you know, freaking neck tattoos, um, who will like, you know, go to hardcore shows, but they'll like bump your stuff because, it's it's still got it's still got some sort of edge to it. It's got some teeth on it, but it's like it's cool and it's relaxing and it hits all all like three of those, combines it into one and you have a really cool genre. Um, I guess along the lines of that, is there anybody that you would say is, you know, more or less like one of your your bigger influences or where do you guys pull influences from? Um, so I know for at least the sake of the upcoming, or I'll go, I'll start at the beginning. The first record, the letting go, the one that we did part of the tour with you guys, um, that record yes. was very influenced by, you know, uh, turnover and, uh, who else did I lose you? Nope still here oh you're still here i can't yeah oh shit all right um <laughs> no worries should i just keep going yeah yeah yeah. go ahead okay um so the first record was very much influenced by turnover and um like who else turnover transit uh, probably a uh, Taking Back Sunday a little bit, we had uh, the dueling vocals on a couple things. If you listen to that, there's the uh, the song Virtue has AJ from The Dangerous Summer. He's got a very raspy voice, and it's kind of like doing the back and forth thing. Uh, then we did the, the Gloom in 2020, which was supposed to be kind of the opposite of that record. Like, you know, we did the polished thing that sounded all nice and clean and flat and all that stuff, and then... We did the, it was all raw, nothing was edited, no quantizing, no tuning, no anything at all. And it was just supposed to be really like organic feel. And like, uh, who's a good band to compare them to? Uh, a Will Away is a great example because we did it with them. So uh, nice. Matt Carlson sings all the backups on that record. Uh but they're, they're a great example because they we love them. So, you know, I'm sure it comes through in the music when we did stuff that was sort of similar or out of the same vein as their stuff. Then for the upcoming record that we have, we're sort of trying to do... We, we've known from the start that we don't want each record to sound the same, like even in the slightest. So like taking, mm -hmm. taking a huge step in a direction and just owning it and just going for it opposed to kind of like you know well this doesn't really you know opposed to trying to rewrite the hit from the last album it's just kind of like what the what are we into right now and how do we make this sound like us so i think with this record it was kind of the we all kind of knew that we were fitting in with the with the more pop punk bands just because there there really is a lack of kind of like rock and roll, I guess, if you want to call it that over here. So we're, we're always playing with, you know, emo bands and pop punk bands that 
we kind of were like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we could do something kind of like this. So uh, there's a song on the new record that I've been referring to as the Wonder Years song because it's very much <laughs> just the Dan Campbell vocal. I'm practically yelling the whole song. It's like, but like owning up to the idea that like, what are the pop punk is what are the pop punk kids going to like? That also still holds mm-hmm. true to the the mantra of what I said before, like you know, catchy radio, easy listening, but still like has that like I want a party vibe, mm-hmm. uh, while also still keeping it raw and keeping it um, true to what we enjoy without you know selling our souls and selling out to <laughs> pop punk, uh, but. Yeah, I mean the new song is a good is a good example of kind of like the we did soul searching in 2020, which was uh, we have soul searching and swear to God are two very similar songs. They're the the 1975 like head bobber, mm-hmm. super pop kind of thing going on. Uh, we were like, how can we do that but make it indie? And that was kind of where the new song sort of lives i think it's very like i'm gonna roll my windows down and go for a drive in the in the warm weather very much so on that sort of level where swear to god and soul searching were also those kind of songs but in a completely different genre so i'm excited for everybody to hear the the new stuff but i know i'm mostly excited to hear what you think <laughs> yeah I may have no to say i mean I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Uh, you might make the uh, the mortal mistake of you know sending it all to me, and then I know everything by your first show, and I'm the one person who's up front who knows even like the surprise track on the album. <laughs> like, uh, it's funny. Goalkeeper did that when uh, we were running the podcast, and um, it was when they released uh, Life in Slow Motion, their EP, which did really well. And it was funny because we got those songs like maybe two months before it was like released. <laughs> I'm not even sure if like their record company was allowing them to do that. But, um, you know, I basically was listening to the EP like every week. And so I'm sure the same exact thing is going to happen. Um, I get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people... I think, which is great, feel comfortable with sending us stuff because we are, I guess, in a way, media, you know, Um, and uh, but also we're musicians. We're coming from the same side as you. I'm not going to show a goddamn soul this album before it's out. You know, because like, why would I do that? Why would I do that to my friends? And so it's it's funny that we're 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 a trusted source sometimes with things like that. And um, we've had the privilege of being able to be sent music from a variety of different artists that we've interviewed and we're like holy shit every time it's just it just gets better and it's it's just so amazing because you're like wow i get insight into your growth pattern before anybody else does maybe maybe some like close people to you but beyond that like i'm right. i'm part of that group now yep. um cool so that uh that i think that's that brings me to my next question um little related little not related um, what role does music play in your life? And I guess you could, you could either, if you want to just address it as a whole, you could take it in different stages of your life. Um, I think there's a variety of different ways you can approach this question. Oh boy. Uh, it is, it is my entire life. <laughs> and 
meaning meaning literally and like metaphorically you know some people say oh music is my whole life like i can't live without it literally all i do is eat sleep breathe <laughs> tortuga pretty much if i'm not like you know, if any any little bit of free time that i have goes right back into like us doing whatever the whatever's going on right now like uh we're uh what am i doing right now i'd have to videos to edit pretty much like right after this and i stayed up till 4 a.m last night working on a flyer for uh a festival that we're setting up uh and just like wow literally nonstop. it's just i get home from work and i'm like what do i have to do now sometimes i don't (laughs) yeah i have to do i'm just like what is it what's next what is the next thing so in in that physical sense yes it is literally my life but uh on like a you know being the vocalist of the band getting to write the lyrics um i guess that's kind of the the place where you can like i mean you say things to your friends but like i guess it's your i don't know i feel like i can open up more in a song I guess than I can even to anybody. So like, it's kind of like that, you know, I don't go to therapy, but I bet, you know, that's sort of like, you know, my, my therapist is my, when I'm writing lyrics or something like that. So I don't know. I just kind of do it, you know, it's, (laughs) it's become such a, such an everyday thing that it just kind of all happens. So yeah. And I feel that like for me, I mean, I'm, I've always been just like a big music head. Um, but I was in a few bands in, you know, high school as, as we all were, you know, at least anybody who's in a band right now, like you definitely cut your teeth, you know, playing in a band in high school and doing talent shows and shit. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just like for a while music was, was just something I ended up just like listening to like after, um, high school and college and like when you know all the bands were kind of said and done um, I was just kind of like I had no interest in playing music I was like I'm just gonna work a job make some money <laughs> you know like just live my life uh, n- not not be too busy and not you know take things too seriously uh, and then I joined a band again <laughs> and then I joined another band and so now I'm in two bands <laughs> and so just I, I feel that that mantra where it's just like I got some free time uh, playing music is what I love to do but you know at the moment I don't have my full band with me or I you know don't have the resources right now to go ahead and do that or I don't have you know just like the time to like Oh, plug everything in and like practice. So what am I going to do? I'm going to, you know, try to market my band or, you know, work on some visuals or, you know, work on a a post that, that I can use to market my band. Um, we as musicians in this digital age have really taken another role in this and in that we are also the marketers of our, uh, of our band, you know, especially too, if you're like a DIY band and, you know, we don't have just a few hundred dollars laying around every month to pay a PR company to handle our, our social media. Like we all had to figure that out. (laughs) And, um, it's now a significant part of my day to day is what are we posting today and how is it going to get, 
you know, how is it going to achieve our goals? Yeah, we're, that's something that we, uh, we pride ourselves in, I think for the most part is we try to be, it all started, I think with, uh, pandemic, uh, at least around here. I don't know how it was for you guys over there. Uh, but everybody stopped, like nobody did Mm -hmm. anything. Everybody just completely shut down. You couldn't play a show. And then it was just like, all right, I guess we're not a band anymore for a year and a half where we took that as kind of like a, what can I do now? Because if I can't play a show, what am I going to do? It might just be, you know, me and Jake's like business mindset of just like everything is, everything is marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. We're like, <laughs> what can I do right now? That's going to like, we're constantly thinking of shit, but like um, specifically with like 2020 starting in, march or so whenever everything shut down it was like all right what are we gonna do like you know you can't meet up and do whatever it is so i think the first thing we did was we threw the we did a i can't name it because we got flagged for (laughs) uh for copyright but i like to call it the the couch Mm. fest a rip off of the coachella festival uh and it was all digital Fuck, fuck you, yes. Coachella. <laughs> fuck you, Coachella. Coachella. Come come bring this cease and desist over here. I'll fight you. <laughs> um, they did, actually. They sent me one. Uh, That's the dumbest thing I have after ever the event, heard that was in the my best entire part. life. It happened already. What? And they were just, like, just been catching on. And it was like, fuck oh, it was you, a month Coachella. after. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, As if they aren't me, raking well. in millions of dollars with their festival why are you worried about a diy show put together by hard-working individuals not a fucking corporation <laughs> no idea but for some reason they must have just hired some some loser to come in and flag everybody who, yeah. who used the cella in their name but i don't I'm, know i'm sure you you handled that well because i would have been absolutely irresponsible in my responses back to them i would have been we, like <laughs> we <did> a, uh, <laughs> look <laughs> we do oh man i can't remember whatever post that we made about it was like something petty but i don't remember what it was because <laughs> it had already happened so it was like people were like oh this was a great event and it was just like then one day we were like hey look guys we did it we made it <laughs> yeah but Damn, that, uh, that could have been like some serious clout for your band if it, like you guys had really got you should have just kept going got, gotten sued and then be like all right look we'll just take it off <laughs> <laughs> when it actually came down to money we'd be like all right all right all right it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. this is this has gone far too far too much yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was the uh back back to the point uh about like everybody, everybody took a seat. It seemed like everybody kind of wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything. So we were like, let's do what is like the big event that if, if it wasn't a pandemic that people would want to go to. And it was like, okay, maybe a festival. And I was like, at that point I started seeing that people were doing the split screen thing where you could have like the image on top running the whole time. Like while somebody was doing a live performance, you can put mm-hmm. like the card up that says like, this is this person playing right now. I was like, this is a great idea. And at that same time, we were also developing the um, the collective, the Little Root Collective idea, where just like the, 
local bands coming together, supporting each other, kind of sharing. Everybody shares everything that all the bands put up, and we put you on the website. And we had a blog going for a while, but the the whole thing sort of linked together from there. But we started it all with the fest, uh, and it was great. I mean, you get because everybody kind of wasn't doing anything. Everybody that we wanted to play was available at least, and it mm-hmm. gave it gave everybody else kind of a, a place to sort of come back and you know like give them something to promote because it seemed like nobody had anything to promote. Nobody was going to put out a song if you couldn't play a show. Yeah. So yeah. That was the start and of all that. Like... Then, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, we did, uh, this, the soul searching single, which it was the first, uh, the first, I think standalone single that we did. Maybe, maybe so. That's that song that isn't on a record uh, that summer. And that was like our first big pre-save campaign kind of thing, like where we were trying to get people to pre-save the record and or the song and do the whole the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy year. But the, the marketing side of it all is we're always always looking for unique ways to kind of like what is what is eye catching that's going to kind of what's going to convert the customer to want to listen to this, want to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2020, like I, my, my job is marketing. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's a very different field, uh, than music. And so, you know, music's kind of, there's like two parts to it. It's, it's sort of like, you know, there's PR and then there's actual like, um, you know, I guess driving actual like conversions of like your people. So like PR is kind of like, you know, you're, you're shaping your image. You're, you're getting people to like, like your brand and like what you do and, you know, like your look or, you know, whatever the hell it is that people attach themselves to you as this, you know, sort of just entity. But then beyond that, it's like, all right, you know, I got to these like that's great that you could have x amount of followers but like is anybody listening to your fucking music if they're not and they're just consuming your content but not consuming your music then there's a whole nother step that you got to take and like that's kind of the marketing side is like all right uh welcome to our page like we're real people this is what we do blah 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 but um we actual we have an actual product that you can consume beyond just you know a few second videos or some you know really cool pictures (laughs) so you know come on over and um i think we learned a lot about that last year is just like one how algorithms work and you know how do you kind of maximize your time uh with posts and all that and you know using more hashtags or using relevant hashtags um not just posting the same thing multiple times which is going to hit the same audience uh you know trying to trying to grow because we're at the point right now you know in our music career where um, think about it, you know, bands like the story so far have 800,000 monthly listeners on that. We're, we're at, you know, probably the highest we've been in two years at 2000 right now. That is a small fraction of people who listen to that genre. So basically our music is new to almost everybody. Right. Um, that means we have the opportunity to show ourselves, show our music. It doesn't it like we could promote a song that is two years old and it'd be new to somebody. 
Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of cool that we have that opportunity. So it's not like we're just continuously, you know, badgering the same people. Like we're hitting a wide variety of people now. Um, some will like it, some won't. We really want the people who like it. That's all. Um, so that's, that's sort of the realization I think we came to this year was like, look, it doesn't matter how old the fucking song is. It's going to be new to almost every single person who may, you know, see a post or, um, you know, be on, you know, TikTok and see your, your video there. Um, it's been helpful too. I think going in with that mindset, like we have to market ourselves. Nobody else is going to do this. Um, and it helps with growth. And I'm sure I don't need to tell you that. Um, that's really the basis that what we do, make good music, market the shit out of it. Yeah, pretty much. We, we also try to, the, the idea of the, of, of branding from the beginning was, a uh, the, a discussion that we had at least at, around the time when I joined the band, which was like, you know, only maybe three or four months in, but, uh, we had started visually with like, we want to make, what is the band version of Supreme was the, how do we do that? That's cool. <laughs> I guess you could do the, and it didn't even matter what the music sounded like. I, at least at that point, because our first t-shirt was like just the, just the text. It was like mm-hmm. super thin and it was just, that was it. And then the, the plan from there was to just run that whole thing. That was where the turtle logo came from. Super simple. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of what turnover I think did, you know, like the seeing something that you know was, I think Mm -hmm. important. So like the, the whole it's, it's visually recognizable. Yeah. Something that's clean and simple and can be a stamp for, you know, who we are. And I think putting the damn turtle on everything kind of helped us. <laughs> it's, where it's branding. I would love to be at the point where I don't, you know, it's like the blink smiley face is a good, good mm-hmm. example. It's like, you just know what it is. It doesn't. And that was another thing with merch too, was uh, we were like, even if you, if you went to a show and you were like, Oh, I like them, but like not, not us, but like somebody else is like, I, I like them and I like their music, but I would never wear that. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, even if you don't, a shirt that we have that just has the freaking turtle on it, it's like, you could say that you got this at the beach and no one would even know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that was, that was another thought too, was, you know, how do we, how do we do that? And I, I yes, yeah. we'll, we'll see what next record. I don't know. Any bands listening, I think that there's a there's a big takeaway out of all this. Don't make your merch so fucking complicated. People want yes. something that they can just wear as an everyday shirt. You don't need to make the next goddamn affliction fucking tap out shirt, <laughs> looking with the flames and shit like in the bedazzled. Don't like just don't overcomplicate it. I own a fucking sweatshirt that just says goalkeeper on it and just stitch lettering about Times New Roman size 12 font. That is all it is, and that's my favorite sweatshirt. You know why? Because it's fucking simple. (laughs) Yep. It's true. Everything I think that I wear is, 
I think even you made this comment where I just happened to, when we played in Poughkeepsie with you guys, I wore a, a pigment dye blank. Always yeah. the blanks. Everything I wear the is blanks, a blank. Are, blanks are sick, man. I, I wish I had less shirts with logo on, or I, I wish I had more shirts shirts without logos on them. <laughs> I'm a fan of the, you know, you can do something small over here and then you can have mm -hmm. it big on the back. Either that or just blank. And it's like less is more. I think when it comes to clothing, at least my personality Dude. is in my socks. I can't stretch that far, yeah. but I always wear <laughs> the crazy socks. Yeah, I think you had something at the uh, the Connecticut show. You were wearing something something funky that I remember. I, I wore what it was. the. I think I wore the. Uh, it was the powder Carolina blue crew neck. The blank. I don't mm -hmm. remember. I must have. Usually when I wear that, I try to wear like uh, my Charlie Brown socks. Maybe that I was have it. These, I have these socks that just go really well with the with that color sweatshirt. I always try to, <laughs> when I can, when they're clean. Charlie Brown. Dude, I used to be the same way. I've, uh, I just stopped, I guess I stopped, uh, I don't know, buying things that like helped match my socks, but I have the craziest collection of socks. Um, yeah, I have one I with like a bunch of like psychedelic mushrooms on them, which are like the ugliest pair, but goddamn, they're so cool. I wish I could find a time to wear them. Maybe I'll do that for like a show or something, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat. You know what? You know, it's crazy. Should bands just start selling blank shit at, at shows? Like, why not? Just, it doesn't who the, even have the name on it. It's just completely blank. Who the, who the hell's stopping you? <laughs> like... I feel like we, I mean, me personally, I feel like we could do that because it's all I freaking wear is all the blank stuff. Might as well just start yeah. bringing, uh, bringing my clothes to sell at the merch table. Literally all you need to do is just change out the tag and just like put like mighty Tortuga on the tag and yeah, right. be like, I yeah, mean, it's merch technically. Who does that? Uh, if you think of like. Damn, I can't think. Because even like you know, Polo or Abercrombie have mm -hmm. that the tiny little thing. I'm sure there's yeah. definitely somebody that sells completely blank clothes, but it's just like that's the brand, and it's just because uh -huh. it's got it's got the thing in the tag, the logo in the oh, tag, yeah. and that's it. It's just that's. We well, I know blanks. American Apparel did that for a while. Um, you know, companies right, like that. You know. You know. H&M, yeah. yep. I got a shit ton of H&M stuff. Blanks, which are good. I, I like them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe that's a that's another line of uh, income that bands sh should tap into is just buying blank shirts and selling them. Half blank like, clothing and half, yeah. you know, indie pop punk music. Even if you mark it up like $1 per item, say you sell 50, you're now up $50. Like, there you go. There's people out there nobody, that do that, for sure. Yeah, nobody take that idea. Shit. <laughs> what mm -hmm. do you do all day? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> sell blank shirts. <laughs> but not really. I don't even sell them. <laughs> right, I don't, I don't even touch them. I just let it happen. <laughs> um, 
Cool. Uh, I got one more question, TJ, for you. This is a good one, too, because I I think you just touched on this, but you were saying, um, you know, over the past few years, especially coming out of the pandemic, you've been building a community of artists in, you know, the tri-state area in Connecticut. What would you say is your favorite part about the Connecticut scene? And then what would you say the Connecticut scene can sort of, you know, work on or what you would like to see develop in the next few years? Hmm. Um, favorite part of the scene. Uh, we have a lot of our kind of core friend bands. And I think, uh, some of the, you know, I guess coming out of college at the same time that I joined this band, it's kind of like my adult life friends have now become just the people I see at all the shows and the bands that I play with constantly. I was thinking exam- about that the other day. That's the same thing for me. That's <laughs> the yeah, same thing. Right, it is. Uh, you know, uh, say what you will, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good guys. They're, they're a great, like, example of that, where, like, we've played, you know, now, every time we have a show, we ask them. It's just, like, I want to play with you because you're, you're, like, my good friend. I want to... And like, you know, we all, I think collectively now, fan wise, have we've played enough that we've sort of converted each other's fans to like each other. And whenever we play mm-hmm. together, it goes really well. So I think the good thing about at least Connecticut together is when we play with like bands that we have that sort of connection with, it works really well. And we just get like a good show that's even if by good show, I mean like rewarding to us at least not necessarily monetized good uh but like you know just it's a good time and people still always come out regardless of kind of where it is the but something that i think the scene could work on in this area is that there's kind of a lot of i know that like genre wise it stays pretty separate but for some reason, there's kind of like a whole, I don't know, a whole, it seems like there's two scenes in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a whole group of bands that I see all the time on the internet that I've never seen, that I've never met. <laughs> and, like, and they all play with each other. And then thinking about it, it's like, we all play with our friends. So it's like, you know, how, how are you going to grow unless you all kind of do stuff together we're doing and then to now promote my further endeavors here uh we're doing a show in may kind of where we grabbed i was like you know what i want to my whole thing in the last month or so was i want to tap into that market i want to get those kids to come to my show and i want to go to their show and do that whole thing so i've just been hitting up all those bands that i keep seeing and being like do you want to play this show with us pretty much so it's this new this next show we got I think one one band that we've played with before and then the rest are just people I've never even met in my life that are you know kind of a different genre but it still sort of works. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how that goes and I think that's uh that's definitely the thing that's that's lacking over here at least. I'm sure that's kind of similar in a lot of places where there's mm-hmm. definitely like a weird genre split but it's kind of like you know i like john mayer 
I've said I said that before, but like that's nothing at all. Like people probably make fun of John Mayer. Well, they do in Fairfield, yeah. uh, but like uh, <laughs> half the kids would that listen to our music would never even touch it. So it's like mm-hmm. having that kind of it's it's time for everybody to expand. I think in their taste and who they go see and yeah i don't know yeah i i think um as much as it seems like there's more bands these days i think there's more independent artists so let's let's just i guess stay with like bands so i think more bands need to kind of you know latch on to each other and work a little bit more together um yeah because it can kind of seem siloed at times where it's like look um you know i'm kind of out here only for me you know i'm i'm like i'm working my ass off to promote i'm doing socials and stuff and you know we're we're trying to like book shows and shit but um you know the you're not going to really grow if the scene doesn't grow and you know not to look at that from like a selfish perspective but like you got to put in the work to make those connections and you know what's cool is you're going to make connections with people who are going to be your friends for a very long time after that show. Or, um, you know, you stay in connection online after you, you know, meet people. That's usually how it goes with me is, you know, I'll meet some people, um, you know, shows get busy sometimes where you're kind of packing in, packing out, you know, hitting the next spot, especially if you're on like a weekender. Um, you get to know some people pretty well, but you, you, you don't really know them, know them. And then, you know, fast forward a few months later, you're friends with them, you know, on, you know, different social channels, you get to kind of see their life. And then you play another show and you're like, Oh my God, like, how's everything been? I see, you know, you just had a birthday or some shit like that. Um, and so it, that's just also like a human to human interaction. That's, that's a great time because you're, you're speaking with like-minded individuals. Um, and then also just, you know, I, I feel like everything hit a, a, you know, got hit pretty poorly or pretty badly in 2020 where um a lot of relationships need to like be built back up again whether that be relationships with venues or uh promoters you know people moved around and you know people stopped working in certain especially in the entertainment industry because uh we realized how volatile of an industry it could be uh when you know for a while it seemed like one of the more steady ones um but yeah, I I agree with that. I think more artists just need to step out of their their inner circles and just try some new shit. Like I will play with anybody, um, it, as long as it's not like too weird of a mixed bill where like nobody's gonna stay after each artist. Uh, you gotta have them like somewhat aligned. But um, I think more artists should you know stretch their wings a bit. Like I would love to play with the more indie band. I I think that'd be cool. Will their fans like us? Probably not. So, uh, it's gotta be, you know, a good match, but also like just, you know, kind of pony up sometimes, just, just take the risk. Music is music. Sometimes if you're at, you know, at the right setting, people are going to enjoy all the bands that are on the list. Yeah. And a great example of something like, like that too, that works is sure that you have your, uh, I'll use the, like the pure noise records tour. It's like all the bands are the same band. It's, you know, that's you. It's a guarantee that if you like real friends, you like state champs or whatever the hell the yeah. correlation is. But like, you know, you see, I've like 
found some of my favorite bands or whatever from kind of like those state champs might do their their own tour with a band like that was how i found out about uh against the current is a is a band that's that's kind of they're sort of similar to them but it's kind of out of the i wouldn't have thought i would have liked them it was a little more you know i think i think they might be from the town over from us by the way I like just learned about oh, yeah? somebody just told me at the Rhode Island gig. They're like, you ever heard of them? Cause I think they're from your area. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think totally... they are. Yeah. They must be because I know that, uh, we're the in crowd is from Poughkeepsie, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, the guys, so against the current is the bass player from we're the in crowds brother plays drums. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's that's that's kind of I think where I was like, oh shit, no way. So it's like making those, uh, finding those bands that don't sound exactly like the band that you went to see, and enjoying mm-hmm. them, I feel like is huge. That's at least my favorite thing that happens is when, you know, like uh, it happens more so I think when I go see indie bands more so than like pop punk. But like Tiger's Jaw is a big band for me, and. I've seen them a couple times when I used to live in the city and bands that opened for them. It was just like, wow, like this is weird, but I, I dig it. (laughs) And then you buy the CD and then you you get hooked on it. And then it's like, Oh shit. You know, I never would have known I would have liked that, but here we are. So it's like, that's kind of the same thing where if I just should start going or if I had uh, bands that you know most of the kids that come see us may not mesh genre wise but they might still enjoy it then everybody grows together right mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's uh, that's uh, something to hope for for the future at least for this summer we'll see what happens yeah I'm excited you guys got a lot of big things coming um, and I've only heard a sliver of, you know, the music that you guys are going to be releasing. Um, so that's, that's very exciting. Um, I guess, you know, good way to, I think, cap off this conversation, which has been awesome TJ. And thank you so much for joining me is, um, always like to have my guests leave people with, uh, sort of like a, an ending thought or a parting thought, I guess would be the, uh, the right word for it. So, um, you know, anything you want to share with the people that are listening right now, or, you know, any advice you want to impart mantras does not matter. Um, this is literally a, your free time to just go ahead and say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> All right. Two, two things. Uh, number one, a mantra or a, uh, what is it? A, a quick quick phrase i always loved this uh is a leaf's only purpose to fall it's it'll get you thinking oh wow think about that and apply it apply it where you see fit and uh always (laughs) uh fuck fuck what everybody thinks do what you want to do be uh be bold be brash uh do the uh do the thing that makes you happy don't let anybody tell you you can't because sometimes that just makes some of the best things, right? Yeah, I think that's great. 
Well, TJ, thank you so much. Uh, everybody, you have listened to my interview with TJ Regling of Mighty Tortuga, excellent band out of Connecticut. I would say excellent band out of the United States because I feel like they they represent the U. They represent the United States, not just a we, single, you know, a fiftieth of the United States. <laughs> we represent the entire world. For, yeah, uh, for music, universally good band. <laughs> Well, uh, really appreciate you having on, uh, or having you on, and having you come on today. Um, thank you for making time for me. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys. Hopefully, soon at a show. If you guys are coming through Brooklyn, hopefully, or you know the city, um, come on by. Yeah. I'll host you sooner than you might think. I hope so. <laughs> Keep my fingers we'll, crossed. Uh, we'll see you then, most likely. All right, dude. Have a good one. Thanks again. Of course.